The next train to Tangent City departs in one minute. This is an unlimited service that may stop at reviews, spoilers, and swearing. Passengers traveling with young or conservative travel companions are reminded to read the show description before embarking on any journey to Tangent City. Wife on your phone. Your <laughs> iPad. Oh, any sweet. I know. It's very artistic. Well, I haven't done that with my I love how he's ages. blurred my face out. <laughs> That's just the message that's come through. No, no, no. The, the, the fa- if you look at the image, my face oh, is all blurred out. Right. It's not. It is an artistic yeah. look, picture. Look, look, look. Oh, okay. But it was one. It was one Could of those, be anyone. It was one of those ones where you. Um, I remember that dress. Where you do do a take a photograph and then it just oh. does it a certain artist style. Yep. Which is just what ink on paper. It's just splotches. No, no, a certain artist style, like you know, a certain in the style of a certain artist. So right, and what that? artist is that? Yeah. No idea. <laughs> it would be more impressive if you'd remembered it. Pop, pop. Well pop, done. Pop, pop. I'm probably, glad somebody else. It's probably Cat's uncle because he can't. He can't paint faces. No, my uncle can paint faces. Oh, sorry, sorry. His brother your, can't. Your uncle's brother. Yes. Yeah. My goodness, you have two talented artists, artistic uncles. That's just unfair. Uh, no, so my uncle married into the family, and oh. so his brother is technically not my uncle. Oh. <laughs> but fact, he's yeah, very technically. Un- uncle adjacent? <laughs> I don't know how I never know how that works. My headphones uh, don't seem to be doing anything, I don't think. Oh, really? Nothing at all? No, I can't hear, can't hear myself speak, which is weird. We can hear you we, speak. We can hear you. In your head, headphones. That's, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's maybe, odd. Maybe the little thing hasn't been pushed in far enough. Um, either at your end ah, or there we go. Now I can hear, hear stuff. Ah, he, yeah, pu- he pulled. He pulled his end out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not supposed to do that. These are the worst headphones ever. They're just like well, unless they're noise cancelling headphones, then they work perfectly. <laughs> and they work too well. Yeah. Right. Uh, I um <laughs> I planted some snake beans the other day, like actual from seeds, which I've never done before. Ooh. From seeds, I've always done seedlings. Yeah. And um they grew so quickly, and I should have bought my other camera because or my other phone because I put time lapse on them during the day and you can see them like pop out of the soil and pop up and I'm like, they really grow so quickly yeah. i've never grown them before um what do snake beans look like i don't know um so i got given the beans because a neighbor had some tomato plants to give me and so at the same time she wrapped up some um snake bean seeds and some cabbage seeds and some marigold seeds so Bless. i'm like oh well i'll just pop them in and see what they're like i have a feeling they'll just be like green beans um, but I think they might be used more in an Asian dishes or something. Oh, okay. I absolutely have no idea. Hmm. I'll find out later. I was just excited to see them grow. So, well, yeah. it is exciting, cheers. especially if you can see them growing like that. Um, I think we should cheers it properly. Yeah. Oh, that's just not an acceptable noise, that one. Oh, I've gotten the crystal out, dear. <laughs> Is that better? No, not really. Oh, yeah, no, unless no, you have crystal, you don't get that resounding oh, no. tone. Oh, no, it's disappointing. So this is like really long. Do you know how long it took me to work that one out when this I was doing like that really recording? Long beans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you probably chopped them up. Do you reckon? I'd say. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In a stir fry or something. Hmm. Should be intriguing. But interesting. I've, I've yeah, I've never had them before. So this is our first, rec- well, my first recording session since the new year. 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, for Tangent City, certainly. And um, I don't know if you've noticed, Lewis, but I no longer look like I've got collagen in my lips. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's healed, healed quite well. Healed up nicely there. So for those of you who don't listen to um, Unscripted, uh, on Chris, uh, New Year's Eve, I tasted um, – I, I went to check a pasta shell to see if it was cooked, but it was full of boiling water and I burnt my mouth, uh, my lip, my um, chin, just, just everything in that general vicinity. But it's healing quite well. And I did wow, see then- my mum like a day or so afterwards and I said, oh, look, did you notice I got collagen in my lips? And she looked at me like she thought I was serious for a second and I'm like, "No, um, hi, I don't even like wearing makeup. Why am I getting <laughs> surgery? <laughs> So no, but that that mark that was on your face as well yep, was just gone, gone completely. That's yep, really did good. good. Mm. Did you put any particular creams on? Uh, there? I I did what Cecilia suggested and went and bought some um, vitamin E oil. Ah, mm. uh, isn't good. the human body amazing? It is. My lips still a bit dodged, but that's that's pretty good. A week and a half, and it looks like it's never happened. Mm. So I'm I'm proud of my body for doing what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good on you, Rachel. Body. You that's right. <laughs> Pat on the back. Um, so anyway, it's pretty impressive. Like, yeah, I was, I, I was the other day. Uh, I was out in the garden, and uh, I, because Cat was saying that her uh, lime tree was getting attacked by by the snails. Not really attacked. They just kind of attacked like, by who? The snails. Yeah, you didn't say snails. I, I, I thought I did, but anyway, <laughs> they 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 don't kind of attack really. They just hang out there, yeah. and it's like they go. Um, and they, I'm talking like hundreds of them. Mm. Yeah, but like you said, they're just all hanging out. I can't see a snail attacking unless it's that weird snail yeah. called Turbo from that they movie. They kind of took anyway. a bit of the bark off last time, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. So they're just all God. around, like, the base of the uh, the lime tree. And, uh, and some of them go... Well, on the base, it's kind of like the fork, like from the yeah, main trunk. Yeah. It's where it first forks off. But yeah. That's <laughs> forking crazy. But they just Sorry, go... Sorry, That's one accurate description. Yeah. But they're just there, just like, you know, they're not hanging out. They're not, like, moving or anything like that. They're just stuck to the tree. And if you go there and you want to take them off, you've got to like you know snap them off the, the tree. Oh. And it's it's weird because you go you're thinking you know is the snail dead or is it alive? And if it is alive, like how much effort does it take to actually like come out of its shell because it's like really stuck in there? Uh, and so I was like taking all these snails off the tree without gloves or anything like that on. And you know how you say that the worst kind of cuts are paper cuts? Mm-hmm. Nah. No? Snail shell cuts are the oh. worst cuts. Oh, I knew that was a thing. Nothing. So, so I, I cut uh, two uh, my, um, two fingers, well, my finger and my thumb, with snail shells. And, finger, uh, one thumb, isn't there a song? No. One finger, one thumb, one arm, one leg, click of the something, keep moving. No? Right. So yeah. it must be a New Zealand thing. Fair enough. All righty then. Or you're oh. going mad. Yeah. Uh, so we, yeah, so I, I ended my, uh, my, my hand, but it's, it's kind of like it's healing up nicely. It's amazing that, that what the human body can do. Mm. It's, uh, it's, 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 very, it's very impressive. I'm still sure animal bodies do it better, but, uh, yeah, we're still. Well, and kids' bodies do it really great as well because Bryce is like just a walking disaster zone and I'm like, that one's going to scar. And it never does, but I think he did finally get one on his knee recently. But, um, yeah. I'm just going to get you to move a little bit closer to the that mic. That has or n- move the mic a little bit closer to you. Never been said to me before. <laughs> I know. I know. But there's a first time for everything. I, I'm 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 always the loudest person here. New Year, New You. No, <laughs> I just figured out a little bit of stuff with um my fancy board, and um I'm quite happy with it. So I'm a loud yeah. talker, though. It, it's the truth. I know you are, but um I think I, I think I've got shit worked out. 
That's good. Well, between the two of us, we've, we've we've sorted it. I'm still talking the same way, and you've put some knobs down. <laughs> and twiddle my knobs. You twiddled your knobs. Oh, that's such a not serious thing to say when we're talking about a rather serious subject yeah, today. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, should we say what show we are? Oh, look how many minutes are we in? Oh, Seven yeah. minutes, getting closer to eight. That's a good one. Do you want to do um, – call it, Lou. G'day and welcome to Tangent City. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't help myself. Yes, you're all listening to Tangent City. Uh, I am Lewis. Um, sitting diagonally across from me is Rachel, and sitting next to me is Catherine. And not sitting over there is Cecilia, because no. uh, she apparently uh, took some uh, supposedly non-drowsy um, uh, antihistamine, and it was it was drowsy, That's drowsy right. as. And I just wanted to say, um, oh, hello, my ears. Yeah, I know. Echoey for some reason. Yeah, I'm um, just trying to work out what happened there, but. Um, it all went very crazy and pear-shaped. <gasps> no, <laughs> I am your father. One, two, you see three, how I four. I was just making point? sure I turned the... Feel, I feel like I've different. gone a bit echoey as well. It all sounds echoey. Very Why echoey. has it done that? It probably is going to... We'll just fix it in post. Did you did you, <laughs> did you turn post. Did you turn on the echo uh, button? Is that what happened there? Well, no, I, I turned your... Oh, that sounds better. Is that better? Yeah. Whatever you've done is good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll, we'll keep it like much, that. Much less echoey. Keep twiddling those knobs. But yes, I just want to clarify. She supposedly took some um, some antihistamines that were supposedly supposed to be uh, non-drowsy. Oh. No, because it sounded like he said he she suppository took. Um, some antihistamines. I don't even think those exist. I don't think they're a- <laughs> antihistamine suppositories, no. 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 She supposedly took. Yeah. I just, it really just sounded like she took it through the bub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Cecilia, you're not here to defend yourself. And I'm sitting in your seat as well. Well, no, you're defending her. It's great. I know. Yeah. Just in case someone heard that wrong, like me. <laughs> Because my ears are just as I'm just I don't hear properly, obviously. Um, so 1917 is out as per now. Mm. So we thought we'd talk about war movies in general. Now I'm the only person who's seen 1917, aren't I? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we saw a war movie last night, though. Oh, did you? Yeah, Star Wars Rogue One. Oh, <laughs> That's a war movie. Come uh... on. Um, better be a war. Star Wars better be a war movie, otherwise I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? That's not true. I'm going to say stuff and they'll, know, they'll pop I into know, your head. Because um, I had my father-in-law over this morning and I, I thought, you know, who better to give me some names of some um, some war movies because that's, I think, all he watches. He's Old dudes got, love a war movie. Oh, they do. Oh, they love a war He's movie. obsessed. Um, but he listed off a few and he kept going and I'm like, Phil, Phil, I've run out of room on my page. Holy schmoly. <laughs> so, Lady, um, that is a list. I know. And most of them he mentioned I didn't know. Does V um, mean it's vegan? So there is a key here. Uh, one is World War One. Two yeah. is World War Two. Yeah. V is um, Vietnam. Yeah. Um, there's one K in there for the Korean War. There's, oh, a, yeah. there's a Boer War film. Um, oh. And Zulu, which I just didn't put anything next to because obviously it's the Zulu Wars. Zulus yeah. everywhere. So, and I think there's one Battle Nicely of Independence, um, the Patriot. So, uh, but there's I don't think I got any Civil War films in here. If you're talking about American oh. sort of films, but um, anything from Iraq. Uh, no, I didn't because I did just didn't think about – I know the, all, all I can think of is The Hurt Locker. Uh, but there's, there's the been Hurt, a lot of them That was Afghanistan, recently. I think. Oh, okay. Um, but Iraq, I think, um, Three Kings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one, it had Marky Mark mm. and 
George Clooney? George Clooney. I'm trying to think who the other guy was. Like, I don't know. Because um, I've never someone- seen it. No. Oh, no, wait. I did. But I saw it so long ago, I don't actually remember. It was 1999, so it's a while ago now. Jarhead is. Oh, okay. Which uh, brings me back to 1917. I feel like there's a connection there. Um, So we went, you guys, do you guys ever go to Belmont cinemas? We do love Belmont, Reading. Oh, gosh. So um, Chris and I had a day off during, um, you know, the Christmas holidays where Bryce was actually at daycare. So we decided to um, go and see Jojo Rabbit. And that was the only place that was showing it close to us, which is ridiculous because it was actually quite a hike. Mm. Um but at the start of um at the start of uh the Belmont cinemas, they have like a quiz. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love the quiz. I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna know this. So yeah, I got very excited. <laughs> You see so many movies, it's pretty hard not to get the answer. I know. So the question that popped up when we were seeing Jojo Rabbit, which I put on here because it is a war film. Yeah. It's a satirical war film. Was um so nineteen seventeen's out at the moment. This is a Sam Mendes film. What was his other um his last film about war? And it was Jarhead, which came out in two thousand five. Jake Gyllenhaal, Shaved Head, Iraq War, the first one, not the second one. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh, Look at me, I know my shit. So, um, so 1917, Arda didn't give you a review uh, the other day? She did not. No, no. Mm. Um, so th- this film, though, uh, apparently it was all shot in one take, which that kind of blows me away. That's not entirely accurate. Oh, well, I'm out then. I'm I out. think it's a series of long takes, isn't it? It's two. Right, okay. Ah. Two. Um, so that's still pretty bloody impressive. And it gave him the opportunity to have a space where you're going from um, – because it takes place in the space of 24 hours. You've got two young guys who um, have been commanded by uh, one of their superiors to – Trek across France, uh, not too far though, to to get to um, another group to basically stay, say, please stop this um, this assault that you're about to take place. It's a trap. Uh, sorry, there's it's your Star Wars. It's reference. a trap. <laughs> um, and you know the the Germans are just the on, on the other side, and they're just going to get slaughtered. You need to go, and this is the best way to do it. Send these two blokes off. So it takes place in 24 hours. It starts basically. At the at dawn, and finishes at dawn the next day. So obviously, you can't do that in one shot because that ends up being a twenty four hour movie. So does does it have um like a, a a point where you've got like an hour of the film and then something happens and then you get back to it and there's another hour of the film kind of thing. Yeah, but I don't want to disclose. What, yeah, yeah, yeah no. What happens at that period? Yeah. The way this has been done is just mind-blowing. So Sam Mendes was um, inspired by all the stories from his, um, I think his grandfather or his great-grandfather who went to the First War. And, uh, yeah, so he just really felt inspired to to write this because of that and to really feel like really put the audience in that space and how hectic it was. And I think Gallipoli did an amazing job of doing that. A lot of films have done a really good job of making you feel like you're there, but because he's done it in real time, basically, it it really makes you feel like you're mm. there. And the guys are, I don't, I mean, one of them cuts their finger. I don't know how they've done that. Um, and then he has to wrap it up. And there's lots of things that happen that would have happened 
at the time mm. and you just have to keep going. And I'm like, well, that's going to get infected and he's going to die of a, an infection from a cut in his finger. Like, um, so, um, but anyway. Because um, this is World War One. isn't one. it? World and War One. yes. That, so that's before the invention of penicillin? Um, I think so. Sorry, my husband's just sent me a picture of Bryce being very happy. He spent his Christmas money oh. on some Marvel Ushies. So right. he's he's had he's got ten dollars worth of um Christmas money and he's he's been going Bless. on and on and on about getting some Ushies. Um That's pretty cool. Persuasion. He does look um pretty happy. Uh the Credible Hulk he was really wanting to get. Credible Hulk. Uh-huh. He's already got Black Mantha. So <laughs> That's interesting because there's, there's mm. like a, there's, there's the Black Manta, which is the Aquaman villain, and then there's Black Panther. Mm. So is, does he want to get like the, both of them and just like do a massive Marvel DC crossover? Is that, is no, it's just up? three. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the the Credible Hulk because you know the Incredible Hulk. It was just like you know just maybe the Uncredible Hulk. The Uncredible that, Hulk. Maybe that's where he'll graduate to. Oh goodness me! But um, I love it. So I like the Credible Hulk. He's the guy with the degree. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, well, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's that's Professor Hulk basically. Yeah, yeah. Instead, of, that was he was like tossing up between. Do I call myself Professor Hulk or like Credible, Credible Hulk? Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I think Professor yeah, Hulk yeah. sounds better. <laughs> um, I don't know why he was a Valley Girl, <laughs> but he does go a little bit Valley Girl when he becomes Professor Hulk. Have he you, does. Had you noticed that? Yeah, he does the dab yeah. and all that jazz. So yeah. someone's gonna have to explain to me one day, not on air, why it's called dab. Because what the frick? I I have no idea. Okay. I cannot we shall inform research you. It one day. I'm old as fuck. <laughs> um, so Arda put this perfectly. She said, this is not a war movie. It's a movie about war. And what she means by that is it's taking place during the war, at the war, you're in the war. This is what's happening um, as opposed to a movie that's been made about something that's happened there does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense because you got like Dunkirk where you had an event that happened. Right. And you do focus on a lot of the minutiae, I guess you call it, of um of what people are doing during that time, but it's all around getting to that point of this happened and you need to see this because this is what kind of happened during yeah. that event as opposed to it being like actually enduring it. Yeah. So you're spending yeah. two hours with this guy or these guys. The reality of it. Yeah, that's right. So to go through an hour where they're doing something and you think this is an everyday occurrence for them, like, okay, they're not going off every day on on quests to stop things happening, but they are dealing with um, really muddy, disgusting ground. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got all the barbed wire they're dealing with. They've got you know, sodden foot, uh, all of these things they're de- dealing with on a daily day basis and we're just watching it for an hour and a half mm. and it just is tremendous how much they go through in that short space of time. So it's got um, it's got George McCain who's been in a lot of stuff. He's the main guy. And then it's got Dean Charles Chapman who I know is from Game of Thrones but um, I don't watch that so I only know him from – um, Blinded by the Light, which came out is earlier last year. Rob Stark in Game of Thrones? No, that's no? Um, Madden. 
Um, he plays Tom and ba- 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 Baratheon. Rat. Yeah, yeah. So he was also in The King <laughs> recently like, as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to record that and put it up as a short. <laughs> this lady has never watched Game of Thrones. Okay, she but- pronounces Baratheon Barat. <laughs> yeah, but also it's cut off. His name is cut off oh, on okay, IMDb. Okay. So. Um, but anyway, so Sorry. that's um, sort of why we decided to do a war, f- war film show because 1917 is out and there's been, um, you know, according to my father-in-law, millions of them, millions of war films. So, and I've definitely not seen many of them. Well, talking about seeing movies, I think that like war films, I don't know whether it was the same experience for you guys, but for me when I was growing up, it was quite a normal thing to watch and yet you think – like, if I had a kid now, I wouldn't necessarily show them war movies, but things like Bridge Over the River Kwai, um, who doesn't know that tune to whistle? And um, I think I know it, but I don't know if I've ever seen the movie. Really? Oh, hang on a second. Maybe that's Hogan Heroes. Oh, I've never <laughs> seen that's, Hogan's. That's no. do, 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 do. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking do, of that. No, no, no. Do, 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 Bridge Over the River Kwai is, um, I don't know whether I can whistle. <laughs> Oh, ah, yeah. okay. So what was I what was I doing? I my, don't know. My pathetic whistling. <laughs> I, I I can play the flute but I can't whistle. But the, the bridge over the river choir, was that the one with the bouncing bomb where they went to blow the bridge up? Uh no, that was the Dam Busters. Ah, the Dam Busters. So Bridge Over the River Choir was where um they were prisoners of war and they were um part of their uh um Were they making a railway? Yeah, it was a railway bridge that they had to um build. I can't believe you haven't seen that. So, Bridge of the River Choir and Gallipoli. I was shown that in primary school. Mm-hmm. Oh, everyone was shown that in primary I, school. I, yeah, I, I didn't know, watch that in primary school. Did you not? Yeah. No. I, I definitely watched it in high school, but it does – I know what you're saying. What it, do you like? Steel Springs. <laughs> yeah. What are they going to do? Hurl you down the track. It's – I don't know an Australian who doesn't know that quote. Yeah. And then also today I said to my father-in-law, I just said, um, shoot straight, you bastards, <laughs> and you should know that. It's from Breaker Morant. So that's another- Oh, Morant, sorry. Which is a Boar War film. I saw that in year five. I completely forgot about that movie. Thank you for doing this research because- um, You can thank Phil. uh, (laughs) Phil's a champ. Um, I saw that in year five. So how old would I have been? Ten? Like that was pretty- Like you're talking about like- So it was the Boar War and effectively it's about some- It's a true story about Australians that were- now, I could be wrong about this. So, I thought I got it wrong this morning, but after discussion with Phil, I think I've got it correct. So, um, these three Australian um, lieutenants basically were acting on orders mm-hmm. from their superiors to kill the prisoners of war. Yep. Um, and they were basically scapegoats. So, yeah. um, they are talking still about whether they should be exonerated mm. posthumously. So, um as soon as I said it, I'm like, well, that, that's how you read it, yeah. but that's not how it's said. <laughs> um, 
But, yeah, so that was another one that came to mind. And you talked about Bridge on the River Choir. There was mm-hmm. a film that came out a couple of years called called, called The Railway Man. And oh. this has got Colin Firth in it and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's based on a true story about a guy who worked for the Japanese as a prisoner of war building the um, Burma, uh, the Thai Burma Railway, which is so it's the same story yeah, yeah. effectively. And the post-traumatic stress he has and going back and actually meeting um, the, the guy who was in charge and basically um, giving all of these orders for these people to to do this horrific work. So wow. I don't think I could ever watch that film again. It Colin Firth in the last few years has really floored me with some of his performances mm. and it was so raw and um, really he was such – he played such a damaged man that I just don't think I could watch it again because it was so sad. Wow. But So a lot of these films – when you say, oh, we were just used to watching them, I think I don't think we realised the gravity of what we were watching at the time. No, I don't know. I think I had a fair idea. I, I was um, – so dad, um, his father was went to war. Um, he never spoke about it with us, but he had two brothers that also went to war. Um, one lost like two-thirds of his vision and the other one was, um, a, what do you call it? Um, he was a prisoner of war in Singapore. Oh, wow. Um, so he actually wrote letters to his wife, and someone collated them. Like, I, I don't, I don't think they were ever delivered to his wife. I think that they were just things that um, to keep he him was sane, maybe. Yeah, just like he wrote them, mm. um, and they were collated and published, like just for the family. Yeah, I read them. That was amazing. And he went, like, he made friends with someone at the time. And I w- read his book as well, Captive Kiwi. And I think I must have only been about like 12 or 13 when I read them. Oh, wow. And it was quite the read in terms of like just being really aware of like the realities of it. And I think yeah. that like people who liked 1917 and that like the just like what they actually go through as opposed to a big event happened and you know Winston Churchill made some decisions mm-hmm. I think that that is um like the gravity of it is you, you can really feel it and especially when those letters were almost like a diary as well mm. and I think that's why Gra- um, Gallipoli also had such a strong you know emotional pull on me I feel like you really were there with them yeah and there's something about World War One that affects me more than the Second World War because I think about the closeness they had to be to kill these people they had no beef with mm, other mm. than the fact that their government had told them to. Mm. And I often think about uh, my great-grandfather who was um, in the 10th Light Horseman. So oh, wow. it was not many of them and he was one of them and he came back like very screwed up. So mm. and I just I often don't connect the fact that he he's how a, close grandfather or great grandfather great grandfather so um and i never got to meet him but i i've heard quite a few stories about um there's a fly in the air <laughs> i don't know why i didn't just say it <laughs> i went all silent producer i'm like it's a fucking fly i'm like doing like little buzzy arms uh, <laughs> did you like my buzzy like, arms so i just, did you're just gonna have to let it go or i can leave and i can go and see if i can get it outside no no you're fine what, what what's the um 
are you worried it's going to... No, in, I just I hate flies I being inside. It's just, I think... Because they sit on dirty, pooey but, things. But the thing is that the fly hates being inside as much as you hate it being inside. Why doesn't it go out when you open the door? Why does it, like, you open the door and it's like, hey, no. guys, come in here. No, no, Lewis, it, Lewis has gotten trained. Yeah, if, you get, oh. if you get to a point with the fly, you'll notice that the fly will always gravitate to the fly screen door because it wants to be outside. And so then you open the door and it fucks off. I just <laughs> don't have the knack then. Maybe. Well, it's, it, or I've got stupid flies what, in my area. What I've, what I've come to is like you get it into the, the laundry area and then you close the door to laundry so you're in a small area. Then it'll go to the fly screen door. There's a whole process. Yeah, you, you open the door and it goes away. Okay. Because, like, you know, the, the, the fly's got a life to live. It's got things to do. And so, you know, what, 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 who am I to take away that life, you know? That's right. Yeah. And it's on me now. Go away. No, it's not. It's not there. Oh, I just freaked You're out. You're just paranoid now. Yeah. Just paranoid See, now. I could feel it all around my ankles. I was like, ugh. <laughs> it's just a thread on your pants. Look, probably. Look, we'll just all just assume it's Jeff Goldblum and it'll all be good. <laughs> <laughs> okay? It's fine. Can we, can we go guest. back to war movies? <laughs> yeah, um, um, but I think yeah. that yeah, I think that that gravity of of the war movies is something that I was brought up with. Um, I, I don't to, think I was. I think I think you hit the nail on the head though. With like, I mean, maybe you're you didn't experience it, but no. I in my family, like, I had some really old relatives who were fight, who fought in World War Two. I had one uncle. Who who was like you know shot in the face and the bullet came and you'd see where the the, oh, the, wow. the the bullet went and stuff like that, um really like you know screwed them up like yeah. a lot of the the relatives like who went to war they would never talk about it mm. because it was just so horrific horrific and and, and painful um you know my granddad uh you know we, he was in singapore and he got captured by the japanese and uh he you know escaped he just like well, yeah one, one time they're being transferred from one place to another and him and his mates just like jumped out the back of this transport legged it wow and just the, like you know, went and for the rest of the war they just pretended they were not soldiers so that they could like not get killed by the japanese That's amazing yeah yeah the stories that you do here uh, are just amazing and I think when I was younger I didn't associate so much but as I've learned more about my um, great-grandfather so one went to the first war and he came back and he didn't talk about it and he would just disappear into the garage and be gone for days Mm. Um, so and my other great-grandfather I don't know too much about his story but he was in Egypt as a pallbearer or a um, stretcher carrier, oh. so you know taking oh. wounded off. But I I don't know the full story, so I don't want to um, escalate him to the point where he's on the ground. Mm. I don't know what his role was really. So, but it's as I've learnt those things that war films affect me more than they used to when I was younger. Because mm. when I was younger, they were just this is an interesting part of history. But now I'm like these people are real people um, that were in these horrendous situations and. The stuff that they had to go through, for what? So it's yeah, I find I find particularly World War One films harder to watch because I know how close they would have had to be to the enemy and how close my grandfather would have been, and like, I wonder what he'd done and mm. I wonder what happened to him. I wonder what he saw. Like you know, I personalized it because I now 
know this history. Mm-hmm. So, it kind, yeah. of, it kind of like is uh, World War One seems so much more barbaric because yeah. it was still, as you said, like, you know, just. Uh, I'm you know, sorry, all war is barbaric. No, all war is barbaric. But then you, you go back, you know, further than like World War One. Uh, you go back to, you know, where you had wars between the, the British and the Scots. And it was like. Or know, between the Scots and the Scots. Because let's face it, dudes love to fight. <laughs> or the Brits and the Zulus. Yeah. yeah. And in all these cases, it was very much like in your face, like, you know, you're looking at the person you're about mm. to kill. Uh, kind of thing. Whereas, like future wars, we kind of like you know, distance ourselves. I mean, hell, now we're getting further and further yeah, away. We've got you know drones that just go there and take out people. So there's not even a, a human involved in in killing a person. But the um, so that's I think that's why there's that that human element there with with World War One in particular. Yeah. I mean, and that's why, I mean, that scene, I know, I know I'm deviating from uh, historical war films to a fictional war film, but in Wonder Woman, that scene where she crosses no man's land, uh, you know, is, is like, you know, the, the guys in, in the, the, um, the actual wars, that's what they had to do, was get out of the, 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 the uh, trenches, go across, and facing machine gun fire and stuff like that. That's essentially what they're doing in 1917, yeah. is that they've, being given information that the Germans have left a particular area, but they really don't know whether that's true or not. So they just have to make their way. And, um, yeah. It, it's a trap. Yeah. it Well, but, bits of it are a trap. But from filmmaking point of view, like that uh, two-shot kind of situation is, is pretty phenomenal. And it's interesting that uh, other filmmakers, when they're doing a war film, have used – uh, you know, different kinds of ways of, of uh, dealing with the um, the story. And another one that comes to mind is Dunkirk uh, by Christopher Nolan because he's got three consecutive stories running where you've got the guys that are on the beach that are like you know, needing to be saved um, and they you know the enemy is encroaching on them and their, their time is, is running out. Uh, you've got the the people who are mobilizing the boats, so it's still like the uh, you know the, the people's kind of navy just like anyone with a boat is getting their boat and going over to to save these guys and then you've got the story of the airmen who are like flying around and each of those uh stories take place in a different time frame yeah initially when i started watching it i was like what is going on here but Mm. as it unfolds and you realize you've got one week one day one hour it's like this is quite phenomenal Mm. so yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody who's poking plot holes in it, um, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's a really interesting way of doing a film, and yeah, it's it's one of those things where you know you don't get notes beforehand going this is how this is going to work. You've got to kind of figure it out as you go along in the film, mm. which is the way to do it. Mm. That I, I'm sure that's how the filmmakers want you to experience it, like seeing notes. And I think that we're quite privileged that we get to see most movies before there's much. Talk, um, yeah, much talk and much collateral available about them, and it's kind of wonderful because you actually get to see it as you're intended to see it, mm, and and get to have your own opinion as opposed to watching it yeah. and thinking about all of the reviews that you've read. Yeah. So I mean, if you can go in without a review, that's well. Now I'm telling you not to listen to our <laughs> show, so that's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, but when you talk about Dunkirk, I always am brought back to that scene. In Atonement, um, have you guys seen Atonement? I believe I have. So, um, oh, 
I that's Kate. Kate, no, not Kate. Um, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Yeah, you like how I am um, indicated by pushing my chin forward. <laughs> I know. How but- inappropriate am I? Um, but so her person that she's in love with goes to war, and there's a, a really long pan shot where they're all waiting at Dunkirk to be picked up, mm. and it's a very long shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it gets you know he follows um, the main character to, you know, onto the beach. You see the horses getting shot. You see people just waiting around. You see other people having a drink. There's lots of activity going on and it is a very long shot. And I think when I originally saw that film, I didn't realise what event that was. And so I'm like, why are they killing horses? Is it World mm. War One? But it is World War Two. So and I feel like... Yeah, Dunkirk, when I saw it, reminded me of atonement. So, mm. No, I I could see why. Hey, Rachel. Hey, yeah. Are you enjoying the podcast? Always. That's great. Heaps funny. Do you know who else is here? Cecilia. Hey, Cecilia. Hi, guys. I'm really enjoying it. Where can we find more of this? Thegentlemanofpopculture.com or Facebook and Instagram. That's awesome. And what can we find there, Lou? What you're going to find on there is Wozcast, the Whiskey Appreciation Society podcast. You will also find Diz Down Under, which is the Disney podcast or the Disney Appreciation podcast. You will also find Unscripted, the film show, which is the weekly film review show where Cecilia, Rachel and myself talk about the films that are coming out and if they're good or bad or whether you should spend your money on them. How's that? It's great. You're forgetting Tangent City. Of course, yeah, Tangent City. What should we do right now? Where we go off on tangents and we have one little like uh, topic and we go all over the place. So it's fantastic. There's lots to listen to. Yeah, you can find us on all of your podcast networks. Yes. Just look for us. Please like, rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Well done. In harmony. <laughs> I just so- realised that Bridge Over the River Choir was made in 1957. <laughs> That's okay. Half of the movies that um, Phil gave me are made in the 50s no, or no, no. I just I just didn't realise that it was can that we, old. Can we run through Phil's list? Because he has gone to the effort of actually yeah. making uh, it. It is massive. So there's um, Battle of Britain where they used um, some of the real aircraft of the time. So this was made in the 70s. It had Michael Caine in it, um, who was also in Zulu, which was another mm-hmm. film that Phil mentioned. Um, the Wooden Horse, which is in black and white. That's a World War II film. Uh, Where Eagles Dare, which is a Richard Burton and Clint Eastwood film. And I did have a quick look and they looked like they were in Nazi clothing. Really? Um, Yeah, but I might be. Hence the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Guns of Navarro, which won Oscars. uh, That was in 1961. It had Gregory Peck in it. Um, The the Patriot, which has got um, Battle is the Battle of Independence. D-Day which is Second World War Normandy Um, because they do D-Day in um, Saving Private Ryan as well. Mm. I feel like that's the storming of Normandy. Uh, I think it was. I I don't don't know my war history at all. Um, We Were Soldiers, uh, Apocalypse Now, obviously, Mm -hmm. Deer Hunter, which I've seen and I I really enjoy is the wrong word for Deer Hunter. I was um, enthralled 
by it. Uh, and this has got um, Christopher Walken and um, Robert De Niro, uh, Meryl Streep, um, a long time ago, obviously. I've um, never seen it. But I made the mistake of trying to get uh, Chris to watch it and I had like a director's cut oh, no. mistake. Yeah. It had so much extra in it and I'm like, I'm sorry, because it's got the famous um, roulette, Russian roulette mm. scene with the gun. So born on the 4th of July, Kokoda, which is an, a great Australian oh, film. yeah. Mm. The Light Horseman, mm-hmm. The Thin Red Line. Pork Chop Hill, which is a Korean film, uh, uh, not a Korean film, a film um, about the Korean War, which I have never heard of in my life. Um, uh, to I've be heard f- of Hamburger Hill, but not uh, Pork really? Chop. Really? I haven't heard of that. The- and to be fair, there's a lot of these I, I haven't heard of. I think Hamburger Hill was a Vietnam movie. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, and and then, then I've got a list of things that I thought of. Um, you've got All's Quiet on the Western Front, which is an interesting film uh, from 1930 because it actually takes place um, – from the Germans' perspective, mm. I, I've never seen it. Um, another one was War Horse, which I haven't seen and refuse to see. That's not, War Horse is the, the one that the play is. Yeah, I yeah. think the movie was made after the play. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I just know there's a horse in the title, so it probably means the horse is not going to have a great time, so I decided not to watch that one. I think it's probably a good call. Um, did you guys see Unbroken with me? No. Because I, this is the film um, that Angelina Jolie film uh, directed. She met the guy. It was based on a. Um, I did see that epic Bible-sized mm. novel um, or book, really, of his time um, during Second World War. So he uh, was on a plane. I think he was a bomber. They got um, blown out of the sky. He and two others survived on a boat for uh, on a blow-up life. Um, raft. raft for a little bit mm-hmm. um, and then they thought they were getting saved but they weren't they ended up in a prisoner of war camp uh, uh, it just a Japanese prisoner of war camp yes yeah. what did I say you said prisoner of war camp but I oh, just wanted to specify right, yes. it Japanese, was Japanese so. yeah so um, and the movie is just uh, it's hard to watch because just he just goes through so much and then i read the book and he goes through even more stuff wow. and i'm like this is incredible and this is a guy who could have would who went to the olympics as a runner he didn't win um i don't i don't know where he placed but um he was at the german olympics mm-hmm. in 19 uh, the berlin olympics in 1936 so uh, just a really intense story and that's the thing with a lot of these films if it's done well you sort of don't want to watch it again. What? That, uh, Schindler's List, hello. Uh, yeah, that's like, a great I mean, example. I think I watched that, um, what we, we would have been about 13, 14 when that came out. Something like that. And it was it was such a long movie. And it, it was a long movie for that time as well because it, it clocked in at just under four hours by memory. Oh, my memory. God, did it really? It was, I thought, oh, I might be wrong. I'll have a look. Um, no, three hours, 17 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, Which for that time was a very long movie. Still a very long movie and just harrowing. I think I have blocked out most of that film mm. um, and I don't know whether that's for self-protection or because I've seen a lot of films and I've just forgotten oh, I was going to say, and it's a long time ago. It is a very long us. time ago yeah, for us. so old. We are. Um, but, I mean, that movie really – 
that was another one that really went down the line of the experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it had characters and blah, 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 but I, I think it went down the what it probably would have been like during those times. I don't I don't think any of the war films, like when you've, you've seen them once, you kind of go, okay, I've seen that. That was a good film, well made. I never want to see it again. Yeah. Like that Unbroken, when you talked about it, it was the experience of being in a Japanese prisoner of war camp mm. and – the um you know you're you're the prisoner and how the the uh you know guards you know, treated you and all that kind of stuff and it was a really really interesting film harrowing but you just like you come over and go wow that was amazing but you just it's not one you just go I'm gonna get that on Blu-ray and watch it over and over again I bought the book because I thought the movie was so mm. well made um mm. and I was interested and it was a really thick book it was probably um the longest book i've ever read in my life mm-hmm. um so good on me for finishing it but yeah it was harrowing to read and i just keep thinking how do, how does another human being t- treat another human being in the ways that he got treated and and the ways that you know the jewish people were treated and this it just goes on and on and on and it's still happening and you're like how can you treat another human being the way you're treating them? I don't understand it. So, but we are in a very privileged privileged position here in Australia where we get the opportunity to have those opinions yeah. and we don't have propaganda and we're not getting brainwashed. There's lots of things that that lead to that kind of action. So, that's true. Um speaking of propaganda, um Inglorious Bastards and what you said was very true. I loved Inglorious Bastards. I never need to see that movie ever again. Really? Yeah. See, these are the ones. I where- think that, like, you know, because it's. I, I think it's just that that, even though it's fictionalized, I, 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 it's pretty violent. Yeah, I like to call it yeah. revisionist history. Yeah, that's a good way to put yeah. it. I like that. It's because, uh, like, films like uh, Inglorious Bastards and Jojo Rabbit are, you know. Uh, they're kind of like Jojo Rabbit's a straight out satire. There's uh, still some bits uh, in there, but that that that's what makes a satire so yeah. fantastic is the the dramatic bits in the film and the realistic. Like there, there's stuff that happens in that film that I didn't know they did. Like I saw, I was watching um, Handmaiden's Tale, mm-hmm. and in Handmaiden's Tale they do something that they do also Just in Jojo. Handmaid. Sorry, Handmaid's Tale. In Handmaid's Tale they do something similar to Jojo Rabbit, and I thought, wow, that's really horrific. I couldn't imagine a society that would actually do that. And then yeah. to find out that it actually happened in Nazi yeah, Germany. Throughout history it's always happened. Mm, yeah, now I'm not yeah. too sure what you're referring to. Hanging but, people and leaving them hanging oh, in the okay. middle of yeah. the yeah, town yeah, yeah. square kind but, of thing. But, I mean, I went – I mean, I knew that there were young kids as young as 10 fighting towards the end of the war um, and, you know, his friend makes a joke about his um, – it's not a good time to be a Nazi. <laughs> uh, no, well, no, he makes a, a comment about his um, uniform sort of made oh, of paper yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, well, that's got to be a joke. Um, and then I researched online and there was a material that was like paper that they were using because they were just out of everything. Yeah. Wow. So Resources were like, I mean, you know, dur- you got to remember during those wars, mm. people used to collect tins. Like, so, you'd, you know, you'd have your canned peaches or whatever and you'd donate those tins back because it went back towards the war effort because mm. it was metal. It was so valuable. 
Mm. Do you think people had had more like respect for things back then? Like, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I, I'm sure that no one would have just thought about like you know piffing things in the bin and then just not thinking about it again. That's why it makes me so angry. Like that whole. I had a conversation with someone a few years ago now, and I said, "Oh, how's the new flat going?" And it was a new flat, new apartment. She said it was good, um, but the washing machine is broken. And they just need to come in and replace it. I'm like, well, can't they just bring someone in to fix it? And she's like, oh, no, it's like, it's a bit old. So this is an apartment that would have been, no, less than that. So I'm just like. They don't make things like they used to. They just need to replace it. And no, 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 it wasn't that. It was just that she wanted something new. And I think that that's part of the problem with our society is that people just, one, they don't look after things. And two, they um, they just want something new. They're just like, oh, I broke that, but that's okay. I get something new. No, yeah. it's not okay because that goes into waste and, you know, landfill or wherever it goes. I mean, even if it's recycled, recycling takes energy. Mm-hmm. And people always forget that. So, oh, that's okay. I'll get recycled. No, it's yep. not okay. Because there's still stuff that has to be done. If yeah. you can re- I made um, beeswax wraps before Christmas. Oh, so, really? Yeah. And how, how effective are they? Sorry, it's probably getting a little bit off topic. They're very effective. Um, I, I think I didn't master it quite as well as I could have done because mm. some of the beeswax is so, sort of comes off a little bit. Right. But it still but does beeswax, a spectacular so. job. Mm. Um, and now I, I really feel guilty if I f- – have to use any glad wrap. We barely use glad wrap in the house. Fantastic. Because we mostly use Tupperware or the beeswax wraps mm-hmm. or I've also got like they those are silicon. But silicon. The, yeah, yeah, the stretchy silicon things. And I think once you start doing those sort of things, you you do hopefully, um, you know, not not use the stuff that you shouldn't be using. But the other thing that I mentioned on Unscripted, it's a very little thing, but I've decided if I want a book, I'm no longer going to buy it. Um I'm going to go to the library and get it and mm-hmm. because ugh, I know it, it affects the sales for, for people but, um, you know, w- what is the need to recreate something else? And that's the, the other thing. I don't know if we've got ThreadUp in Australia but in America they've got a company called ThreadUp which is online where you can buy people's secondhand clothes but they're genuinely good clothes. Right, so, so like again, I'm never going to wear that again or I brought it and it was actually a size wrong for yeah, me. Yeah, but it's really good quality clothes. So yeah. it's not like let's just, um, you know, give it to the salvos mm. or whatever. It's really good stuff that people will pay good money for. Mm. So then, again, you're not just putting all of the clothes into landfill, which is what happens. So, and that's every time I go and buy something and it's really cheap, I just think about, oh, well, it'll only last like six months and then it'll be in the bin. So I know it's better to spend the money on the quality, but it just it's, it costs so much money. But, well, that's, um, that's kind why of I just how don't go I was shopping. raised. I mean, we were never a wealthy family. And so, like, things like shoes, mum and dad would buy us a pair of shoes, but they'd always get us a decent pair of shoes, like runners. Yeah. Dad was always obsessed with getting us leather runners because he figured that they'd last for longer. And they did. I mean, I'd had shoes that lasted forever. 
And we became really good at making things last. And I wonder whether that was a bit of a hangover from one, I mean, the you know, farm upbringing and everything like that. But um, that experience that his dad went through, you know, through war times and mm. stuff, whether that sort of They had through. to repair things. I've, I've taken some shoes to get repaired recently mm. because, A, I love them and I might not find them again. And, B, I, I can keep wearing them. Yes, it's going to cost me $20-odd to get them fixed, but I love them, and what's the point of putting them in the bin if I can fix them? Yeah. So, um, and no, I mean, it's great. You know my shoes. There's, 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 <sighs> they're good. <laughs> if I pack them for a fire, I definitely want to keep them. <laughs> That's a story from another mm-hmm. conversation. But anyway, yes. Um, other war films. Uh, gosh, I've got so many here. Keep right, going. Um, can we talk about? Um, can we talk about Jojo Rabbit for a minute? Yes. Yeah. Can happily. we do spoilers? Um, only if not. Lewis takes his headphones off briefly and goes and gets the spoiler bell, because I think that I think that and enough we'll time to, has passed. We'll have to time code it and only give it five minutes so people can skip, skip. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so maybe because we're at what forty nine twenty five. So if we go from fifty and then we go, okay, so five minutes, okay. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll ring the spoiler bell, and in five I love minutes, that it's my responsibility. We have to cease. No, yeah. you do it so well. I put it down on a flat surface only because I think you get a better ring out of out of the out of the bell. And that's what we want, isn't it? That is what you want. But before you ring it, um, Jojo Rabbit, um, go see it. Um, I think that that's the important thing that anyone should take away from that. But um, go ahead, ring that bell. You can ring my bell. You can ring my bell, my bell. Okay, you're taking up valuable talking time. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. So very quickly, um, the character that um, that Sam Rockwell plays, uh-huh. so he's kind of a good guy. He's a Nazi who is clearly in a gay relationship with um, his partner in who's works Alfie, with him Alfie, Alfie. Alan, yep. mm-hmm. yeah I know because he's from Game of Thrones but he looks very different doesn't he he's also uh, oh, uh, wait so you don't know how to say Baratheon but you recognize that Alfie Allen's from Game of Thrones only because I heard it on another podcast and somebody else mentioned it okay <sighs> he's, he's not also, okay. educated he's also Lily Allen, Lily Allen's bro so you know oh is yeah. that Lily yeah. Allen's as in like you know that song Alfie, Alfie. <laughs> um so it Became clear. I really want to rewatch this film, and part of the reason is because oh, you're driving in. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm good. Um, you know, they focus on Rosie's shoes a lot, and it becomes apparent mm. why they're focusing on her shoes. Mm-hmm. But when you start adding things up later, you realise that okay, so Sam Rockwell's character must have known Susie uh, Rosie must have known what she was doing, and because he says things like. Uh, Rosie's going to kill me for this. So he obviously has a relationship with her, a friendship with her in some regard. Mm. Um, And then there's that scene where he brings the bike to the house. Yeah. What's he doing with the bike? And then afterwards is where you see Rosie um, and her shoes. Mm. Yeah. So I'm not giving full spoilers just in case, but um, I really would like to go back and rewatch it and absorb those moments where they don't quite make sense in the moment, but then you think about them later and realize that there was quite a friendship happening there. Yeah. Um, or they were collaborating anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So oh, it, I, I, love I that, like it the more I think about it. I love that you had Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen playing 
you know, very gay characters mm. in the Nazi army, when you know that the gays were one of the groups of people being persecuted by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's one of those things which, like, turns things on its head with uh, Taika Waititi, the way he does things. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a very, very, very brilliant film. Like it, it was clever because it made you laugh so hard, but those poignant, like, the – the sorry, I'm getting goosebumps. Think, <laughs> thinking about it, um, the 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 parts that hit you hard, they punch you in the face. Oh yeah, and it, it's that knock the breath out of you kind of material. He he does that, and he does that so well. And I don't want to go off on a Marvel tangent here, but we saw that, and I'm so glad that we got that whole thing with um him doing Ragnarok. I think that he got some of that. That, that poignant moment in amongst all this frivolity and just silliness. You, you got that in Hunt for the Wilder People, mm. which is mm-hmm. a movie that touched me um, particularly, but it, it just, he gets it. That sometimes life is silly and you can have some fun, but that he does it and it doesn't feel intrusive and it doesn't feel like it's, like it's left the story at all as well. So, And I think Boy is the same. Like ultimately Hunt for the Wilder People and Boy both deal with quite um, full-on things. In mm-hmm. particular, you've got grief in this in Hunt mm. for the Wilder People and the fact that um, the young boy is basically just trying not to get picked up by social workers. They're yeah. quite serious things that have been dealt with um in a light way but in a way where you're still really feeling the impact Mm -hmm. and the same thing happens with boy um the young boy is he idolizes his father but his father's basically absent Mm. so it's another true you know realistic story told in a softer way more palatable way but you're still taking away a message yeah he's very artful at that should we it's the end of well, we're getting towards the end of our five minutes. Lou, did you yes. have anything else that you need to get off your chest about about um, Jojo Rabbit? Well, I, I'm, I don't think that Scarlett Johansson got nominated for a Golden Globe for this role, which is surprising because I honestly thought she would be getting award nominations. I mm. thought that her performance was just so brilliant in this film. She might get an Oscar nod. I hope so. I really hope so. I think uh, I think it's a, a performance deserving of it. I mm. think that, um, uh, that Tyker's efforts in this movie need to be recognized as well because it's not just because about the subject matter i think that his way of telling this story and that moment even though it's completely fictionalized right Mm. except for like there were probably things like that that went on Mm. um i think it's kind of brilliant look we're (laughs) we're we're at the five minute mark so i think we we should probably stop shut up about that that's right um have we – well, we've we've almost reached an hour mark, so we might wrap up anyway. Um, is there any other films that um, – There are There's a couple so of great Australian many. films other than um, Gallipoli and Breaker Morant. You've got some recent ones like Hackshaw, Hackshaw Ridge mm-hmm. and um, uh, Beneath Hill 60, which has got Russell Crowe in it, I believe. Okay, I, I really want to see that one. Is I think Beneath Hill sixty. Oh no, which war maybe is that's that a different relation one. to uh, the First World War? Okay, so I could be wrong about um, Russell Crowe being in it. He could be in Hackshaw. He maybe was in something else. I can't remember. Okay. He was in the oh the water something water water boy. <laughs> no, not the water boy. <laughs> Sorry, but the water something, and that was based on him trying to get his sons back from his dead sons from from a war. 
Okay. So, yeah. And The Great Escape, of, of course. Well, yeah. I was wondering when you guys were going to get to that because who doesn't want to ride a motorcycle after seeing that movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it is a great little um, story. It is based on a true story, isn't it? I think it's been heavily um, fictionalised in ways, but yeah, to be I, quite palatable. I, I, I dare say it's probably based on it. I, I don't know a lot about it, no. unfortunately. But there's a lot of other um, times that are covered in terms of war movies. So you've got your Bravehearts. Um, Lawrence of Arabia, of course, was a war movie. And it seems to be something that there seems to be at least one war movie that comes out each year. Mm-hmm. Um but there seems to be a cascade of them at times. And I think in recent times we've been seeing a lot of the World War One stuff coming out with Dunkirk, 1917. Dunkirk's World War Two, isn't it? Dunkirk is what yeah. Oh, pardon me. Mm. Oh, I thought it was World War One. No. Oh, okay. Pardon me. But um but you are right. We had the hundred years come up recently, so that's mm. why there's been a lot of them, I think. So um yeah, but there there does seem to be times where we get a whole lot at once. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it just seems to like, I mean, it's like there's, because it takes so long to develop a movie, you wonder whether people are all talking together. It's like um, the Truman Capote movies, I dare say they all came out around an anniversary. Maybe. Um, but there just seemed to be a spate of them. And then there was the... Um, a lot of Winston Churchill movies that came out in the same year. Yep. I say a lot. I think there were two, two, maybe three. Yeah, and I think two Truman Capote films. Um, but but it's amazing that, you know, given that movies take so long to develop that two of the same thing come out in the same year. Yeah, it and, must then it be around a, and then it becomes a race to try and get it out before the mm. other one or to mm. see who does it better. Mm. Yeah, I just feel like there's so much more that we could talk about, but uh, we probably should wrap it up. But yeah. uh, the romance around the war as well, um, that you I had really a lot of that. that. And yeah. you think about the romance with um, with music around the war as well, um, that people like people that were taken away to the um, to you know fight in, in the war were often taken to places that they'd never get to see otherwise Mm. so you know they got to go to the middle east and go and see the river nile they got to go and see france okay not in the best conditions but you know they they got to go places that they wouldn't necessarily have gone to before but there was a yeah a lot of romance around the war as well how weird would it be though if you were fighting in those wars and at some point you got to go back to where you were fighting and see it in non-war times yeah Yeah, i think that's what grandpa did Mm, mm. Mm -hmm. that'd be strange yeah, it must be a very, very odd odd feeling. Gosh, we're blessed. <laughs> mm. Anyway, on that note, um, if you have been listening to us in podcast um, form, that's good because it's the only way you can listen to us. <laughs> you thought you were on the radio. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, you can find us at uh, Gentlemen of Pop Culture dot com that's us uh and we've got multiple podcasts you could be listening to unscripted was cast diz down under and of course this is tangent city do rate review um subscribe tell a friend and jump onto the social medias as well and um maybe give us a bit of a review on facebook as well if you're you're done with your review on the on the podcast app of your choice visit us on the socials (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.